Amen. So welcome to Herod. It's so good to see you this morning. And, and in God's presence, awesome. Man, we had, we had a great service. The nine o'clock service was great. And, you know, was, we had a good attendance. It's good to see you all here in, in this as well. And it's just, it's uh, in that growing season. Amen. When he said go to two services, he said, he said, don't just go to two services. He said, but realize it's a season of synergy. And what does that season of synergy mean? It means synergy means when when two or more things come together to make something better. And we talk, lo, talked about the water, how how with the, the principle of synergy didn't exist, then water wouldn't exist. So everything hinges upon this principle of synergy. Hallelujah. You know, talking about laboring together with God. You know, that's what I've been dealing with based on 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, saying we are laborers together with God. Say, with God. With God. See, you have a calling upon your life. You have a purpose why you were created. The word says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. You see, sometimes in the natural, when you hear something like that, like, okay, yeah, God's got plans for me, and he has thoughts for me, and, and you know, he's going to give me hope in my final outcome, but you can be like, well, Pastor Justin, you have no clue what I've been through. You have no clue with where I am right now. You have no clue the mistakes I've made, the, the decisions I've made. You have no clue. But see, if, if, you, if that's the attitude, then what happens is that what's happening is, is you're choosing to be God instead of letting him be God. See, you need to realize that he has plans for you. And it's not about what you can do in the natural, everything in your, with your own hands, your own wisdom, your own insight. But it's about allowing him to be, a, to be something that flows through you. We're laborers together with God. You know, so as a pastor, I'm not up here in my own ability because, you know what, I've seen Justin's ability and it, it's, it's pretty limited. But I'm telling you, when you take God's ability on a person's life, you can get something that's extraordinary. And I believe that's what's happening with this church. I believe God is manifesting through this church and we're going to continue to see it grow and increase until we fulfill everything that God's called us to do as a church. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 28, and I'm going to go at least the beginning. I'm just kind of following. This is a little different direction than first service, but I'm going to go to Genesis 28. Verse 15. He says, and behold, I am with you. I'm reading the Amplified. It says, and behold, I am with you and will keep watch over you with care. Take notice of you wherever you may go. Now, this is God speaking to man. Okay. Now, yet we know he's he's speaking to a particular person. But realize as he's speaking to this particular person, you're seeing his heart. You're seeing the heart of the father. And he says, and behold, I am with you. And we'll keep watch over you with care and I'll take notice of you wherever you may go. And I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done all of which I have told you. You see, he's saying, look, I'm going to be with you wherever you go and whatever you're going through, I'm going to be with you. And he says, you know what? I am going to do. I'm going to be with you until I've completed everything I told you I will complete. 
So if he has thoughts and plans and purposes for each one of us, then we need to realize and receive the fact that if he's got a plan for me, he's going to walk with me with that plan. He's going to work in my life to fulfill that plan. And I love what he said here. He goes, he goes, I will stay with you and I'll be with you until I complete everything I told you. Wow. You see, you were designed to be in relationship with God. We're laborers together with God. We're not just laborers. We're not just working. We're not just, okay, just going through life and, and just going about our business, doing this. Or that. No, we're laborers together with God. Tommy, you realize we get to be a partaker of the creator of the universe. We, we get to work with him and he gets to, he's working with us. Get, get a picture, get an image on the inside of you that wherever you're at, God's not done with you. And where you're at is not, is, is not the end because he is a God of progression, meaning what he began in you, he will complete in you. You know, everything about God <clears throat> and how he set things up was to be with man. Even when man was separated from God and, and, and Adam and Eve missed the mark and here, here, here God and man and Adam were connected and through Adam's disobedience, they became separated. So there, there, was a, there was a disconnection. There was a disconnection that took place. And so immediately when that disconnection happened, God prophesied, God stood up and declared, there's one coming that's going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. So what is God saying? There's one coming that is going to bring this back together. What caused this to be separated, God's going to bring this back together. So I want you to know, no matter where you are with God, have you, you might feel like you're far away from God. You might feel like you've totally failed God. But I want you to realize God's done everything to be with you. And I want you to know that, that God loves you in spite of you. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you and gave himself for you. He died so we could have relationship with him. And it wasn't just so we could go to heaven one day. It's because you were created with purpose. And what Jesus said, you know what, in John 17, when he was praying, he said, Father, he said, he said, I, he goes, I completed down to the last detail everything you called me to do. Just close your eyes for a moment. Just put your hand on your heart. And just pray this with me. Father God, my desire is to complete down to the last detail. Everything you called me to. No matter how hard it might look like. No matter what obstacles may come my way. I know you're with me. In Jesus name. You see his heart is to be in relationship with you. You know, even when he sent the one, his son prophesied about his son coming. He even declared in Isaiah 7 verse 14 and he Said it, and he re, it was also said in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, where he said that a virgin will give birth to a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. You see, it was so much so that even, even when he, he prophesied about Jesus coming, the name that he would have would be something would, would say, it's God with I'm with them. I'm with, his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. If you saw the heart of the Father this morning, 
And you would just see, and you could, you could receive the heart of the father this morning. I, I want you to understand something about, about being aware of how much he loves you. Being aware that how much he wants to get involved with your life. In 1 John chapter, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, John is talking. And here, John is the one whom Jesus loved. Go, go ahead and turn over there. 1 John chapter 1. Thank you, Father. In the Amplified, in verse 3, now this is the, this is the man whom, who, whom, who loved John. This is, it says, the, who loved this apostle, the one whom Jesus loved. And here he's writing from his heart and from his experience with Jesus. And it says this, it says, what we have seen and ourselves heard, we are also telling you. So this is personal experience. It's not just an idea, but he's saying what you have seen and what you have heard. I'm also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. Meaning what I've seen and heard, I want you the same thing I experienced. I want you to experience. I want us to be partners with the same experience. You know, you ever, you know, just for a simple illustration, you ever go to like a really good restaurant and you're like, oh man, they had the best dessert. You got to try their cheesecake. You see, this is kind of like John's cheesecake. It's like, you know, I tasted it. I've seen it. I've been, I had everything else on the menu. It was great. And I want you to taste this cheesecake. I want you to see this cheesecake and be partakers with him and partners with him. And then he says this, he, he, he says, and this fellowship, meaning this fellowship I'm talking about, thank you, Father, that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of a Christian, that's what the Amplified says, is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So John's saying, hey, Rick, man, I, I saw him, I experienced him, I heard him, man, and I want you to have fellowship with him like I had fellowship with him. You know what? Because this is the distinguishing mark of a Christian. See, the distinguishing mark of a Christian isn't just someone going around saying they're saved. The distinguishing mark of a Christian is the fact that they have fellowship with God. They have a relationship with God. Now, let's go to chapter 4. Verse 4. He says, little children, I'm reading the Amplified. It says, little children, you are of God and you belong to him. Little children, you are of God and you belong to him. Who do you belong to? See, he's talking about that fellowship and then he gets here and he says, he goes, you are of God, little children, and you belong to him. Man, he's like, man, there's this relationship there's this connection. But with that relationship, there is synergy. You see, when you take them as just being one, then all of a sudden bring God together and you belong to him, there's something that takes place. And it's synergy. 
See, you're not called to do things on your own. You're called to do things with God. And, and I love this because he, he goes on and talks about what we have entitlement to and what we have a right to based on this belonging to him, being considered his child. So it says this, he says, little children, you were of God, you belong to him and you have already, say already, already. defeated and overcome them. Talking about the antichrist spirit that's in the world because he who lives in you is greater than he that's in the world. You see, it's not just you on your own, but, but when you get into relationship with him, now it's greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Meaning, meaning whatever you're facing, whatever you're going to think, there's something greater on the inside of you that is going to cause you to rise above wherever you're at. Whatever you're facing, whatever obstacles in front of you, realize their greater one is on the inside of you to help you walk through that. Just when you, because you come to God doesn't mean all your troubles will go away. <laughs> See, because the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, um, you know, when the word is sown, what does it say? The enemy comes immediately to steal the word. See, because he knows when that word or vision or purpose or thought or hope or dream is sown into your heart, immediately he wants to take that. But what God wants you to see is as long as you stay hooked up with him, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're laborers together with him, not just laboring. No, we're laboring together with him. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Go to John chapter 8. Thank you, Father. And all week there's this, been fra- this phrase of just kept going into my heart and, and wanting to, you to leave here with a thought. And not just a thought, but a pursuit. In John chapter 8, let's start reading in verse 26. Actually, verse 25. Because then they said unto him, talking of Jesus, Who are you? Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. Meaning, I haven't changed my tune. I'm still saying the same thing of who I am. Verse 26, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I've heard, heard, heard of him. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things I could say to you. <laughs> there's a lot of things I could judge you, but the God's not letting me say it. Because he said, because I have to say what he's saying. Verse 28, he says, then said Jesus... That's kind of a hint there for ministers. You don't have to say everything that pops into your head, okay? Then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And look at this verse. And He that sent me is with me. Say say with me. So he's saying, the Father that sent me, he's with me. And I love this. The Father has not left me alone. Let that settle in for a moment. He has not left me 
alone. Say, he's with me. And he's not left me alone. So there's this phrase or this pursuit, an idea. I want us to, uh, I'm going to continue talking about it the rest of our time together. And it's this phrase, be aware. Be aware. Jesus said he'd not left me alone. He'd not left me alone. See, in the natural, sometimes you may feel alone. In the natural, you might feel everyone's left you. In the natural, there's challenges. In the natural, there could be disappointments. could be situations you face. Jesus experienced difficulty. He experienced a whole group of people that hated him and want to kill, kill him. He's standing on a hillside one day and, and he just gets done preaching. The spirit of the Lord is upon him and he's like, hey, I'm here to heal. Set free, preach the gospel to the poor. And immediately they're picking up stones. So in the natural, you know, he probably felt alone. On a hillside to go up and pray alone, but yet he wasn't alone. Jesus in the back of the boat, in the bottom of the boat, it says asleep alone alone and asleep with his head on a pillow, but yet he wasn't alone. See, the enemy would want to convince you that you're nothing, convince you that you're alone, that no one wants you, no one cares about you. But I want you to know that just like Jesus said, he never left me. I want you to know that he's not going to leave you. Amen. Come on. See, this is Jesus. He, he, he's with me and he has not left me alone. Being aware of his presence. And this, I'm really what I'm communicating to you is, is more than just a Sunday morning passion that I have. Or a Sunday morning thing. No, this is being aware of his presence when you lay your head down at night. Being aware of his presence when you wake up in the morning. Getting that report from the doctor. But yet being aware of him being aware of his presence no matter where you're at what what you're going through being you know the apostle paul spent time in prison alone but yet he wasn't alone You know, going throughout scripture and, and, and showing you this, he, he, when he spoke to Jacob about Jacob's ladder and he said he saw heaven and he called that place Bethel, meaning, meaning the house of God. And, and he was saying that this is the house of God. But what was he saying? You know, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to do everything I told you I do. Don't get bothered about where you're at and what season in your life right now. Don't get, don't get bugged out about you're not sure how it's going to work or this or, or my job and all that. No, no, realize he is with you. But you know what? Be aware. Be aware. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 8, here the psalmist said this. He goes, I set the Lord always before my face. See, that's, that's a decision that you have to make. 
Because it's not like David could say, okay, Lord, come down out of heaven and I'm going to put you here. I'm going to set you before my face. No, that's not what he's saying. Meaning I'm making a determined purpose that in this season and where I'm at, I'm aware of you. Yeah, there could be things all happening around you, but, but come back to here. I set the Lord always before my face. Rashid, do you have that in the good news translation? We looked at it in the first service. It says, I'm always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. I'm always aware. Jesus is always aware that the Lord was with him. Be aware. Be aware of his presence. If you go over to chapter 23... Verse four, familiar scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he goes down, he's making a declaration out of his heart, a declaration out of his mouth. He goes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Meaning, even if I'm going through the shadow of death, even I'm going through the most horrible thing in my life, even though that this is where I'm at, he says, I know you're with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. See, this was an Old Testament perceptions under an old covenant. Yet they had this awareness that God is with me. God is with me. Be aware of his presence. God wants to work with you from the littlest things to the greatest things. Be aware of his presence. You know, the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, and here you have the servant of the man of God, and, and he's serving Elisha, and here they are, they're on a, on this, uh, in this valley, and he comes out, wakes up, gets out of his tent, and he, he, he goes out and he, he sees, and he sees that they're surrounded by all these enemies. He's, they're surrounded on every side by all these enemies. And he comes out and he goes and he wakes up Elisha and he's like, he's like, um, 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 uh, what are we going to do? W- what should we do? He's like, you know, I mean, here there's all them and there's just a handful of us. What, what are we going to do? But yet Elisha, he knew the presence of the Lord. And what did he do? He prayed and he said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes because there are more with us than there are with him. More with us. There's more with us. There's more with us. More with us. There's more with us than with him. There's more with us. That kind of sounds like greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There's more that with us. So Jesus said, look, He's with me, and he never leaves me. He never left me. Be aware of his presence. See, Jesus could say, 
say that because, you know, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God was poured out on him and he poured out the the Spirit of God from heaven and he came up out of the water and it said, like a dove, the Spirit of God came down on him and said immediately after that, he went into the wilderness and he said he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Wow. And he went in filled and he came out filled. And he, he came out and he stood up and he read as his custom was. And I talked about in this, the first service that other weeks before that, you know, he was reading and, and, and it, it, was, it was just like he always did his custom. But that week was a whole different story because now something had transpired. Something had changed. And he stands up and he reads. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He realized he wasn't on his own. He wasn't by himself. That when he was going throughout the rest of his life, the spirit of God was on him. The spirit of God was on him to fulfill his assignment. It wasn't just Jesus in his own natural ability, in his own strength, but it was the fact that he knew that God was with him and he wouldn't leave him. Being aware of his presence. Jesus was aware. See, it wasn't the the, the something hanging on Jesus, sitting on Jesus' shoulders. No, it was like this very present that was with him, Philip. God's with me. God's with me. Be aware of his presence. Be aware of his presence. Be aware of his goodness. Be aware. He said, I've not let, he has not left me alone. Go to John chapter 14. Be aware. No matter what Jesus faced, he not left him. Thank you, Father. John 14, verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. See, what God provided for Jesus, Jesus turned around and provided for us. He goes, I will not leave you as orphans. Chapter 16, he, he says, it's expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. And it tells us the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is in verse 16. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. Say comforter. In the Amplified, it explains a comforter like this, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, that he may be with you forever. Whew. See, Jesus said to the Father, he said, he goes, he goes, he's with me and he's never left me. And Jesus turns around and says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you either. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. Actually, I've got to get out of here because if I don't go, the same power that was on me, the same strength that was on me, the same ability that was on me needs to come on you. Not leave you as an orphan, but I'm going to send you the comforter, the helper. I want you to know you have a helper. 
You're like, well, pastor, you, you, you don't know. I, I, I feel alone. You don't know. I, I, I've made one too many mistakes. You know what? You know what? I have too. Me too. But be aware. Be aware of the presence. Be aware of his presence. Be aware to the fact that he will be with you and complete everything he told you just like he did with Jacob. Hallelujah. All he's looking for is just be aware. Be aware. You know, it can be, life can throw a lot of things at you. It can be lonely. It can be lonely in ministry. It can be lonely in relationships. You can, you can be a room full of people and yet, and yet still feel long, uh, lonely. You can, you can be fulfilling one of the greatest tasks that, that it was known to mankind, but yet still have the same emotions of being lonely. None of us are exempt from emotions. But we have to realize we never exalt our emotions above the word of God. Second Timothy. Chapter four. Verse 16. See, this is talking about the Apostle Paul. And here here he is a standing one in front of one of the most. The worst, one of the worst leaders that ever led in the world. I don't know if this exactly, he's standing before Nero here, but we know this is toward the end of his life. And Nero is the one who, who gave consent or, or for him to be, to be killed. But here at the end of his life in verse 16, he goes, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Do you think he felt alone? He, he's speaking out of his heart here. Everyone left me. Everyone forsook me. He goes, I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. See, everyone forsook me, everyone left me, but he says, but the Lord stood by me. And he strengthened me. The Lord didn't just come out of heaven with a cape on and stand next to Paul. No one was with him. He said, but the Lord stood by me. What was Paul saying? He's like, I was aware of his presence. Even when I was lonely, I was aware that he was there. And you know what he did? He strengthened me. He strengthened me. And if you feel alone this morning in any capacity, I want you to know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What you said, why well, you don't understand, Pastor? No, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's with you. You have the Holy Spirit, a comforter, a helper, one to stand beside you and lift you up. Be aware. Of his presence. Be aware of his presence. That's what I kept hearing all week. Be aware of my presence. Be aware. If you're at the grocery store, be aware of my presence. 
If the Lord puts on your heart to step out and do something, be aware that his presence is with you. If he's telling you to let go of something and, and, and give up something and leave it behind, and you know in your, in your flesh it's difficult, it's challenging, he says, be aware of my presence. Be aware. He's a gentleman. He's not going to come in and just override your life. He's a gentleman. Go to Revelation chapter 3 and we'll close with this. And the heart of the Father. Amen. Hebrews 13, 5 says, He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be aware of His presence. We're laboring together with God. Thank you, Father. Revelation chapter 3, and I want to read verse 22 first. It says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Let me read that again. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Are you, do you have an ear to hear this morning? See, what he's saying this morning is be aware of his presence no matter where you're at. Be aware. So what was he actually saying in this, this scenario? Let's look at verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, will sup with him, and he with me. Amplified says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him, and he will eat with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. See, this is what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. See, it's not, behold, I will stand, or behold, I stood, or behold, one day I'll stand at the door. This is present tense. Behold, I'm standing right now. And what he's saying, be aware that he's at your front door. Be aware that he's knocking on your door of your life. Be aware. That, that being aware of his presence is saying he's right there. He's right there. You got, you, got a, you got a challenge facing you? Realize he's right there. He's knocking on the door. He's right there. You know what? And all he's doing is saying, come in. You know what? Because you know what? I'm going to eat with him and he, you're going to eat with me. Meaning, meaning I'm going to deposit things in your life. And you know what? And through that, it, you're going to do things for me. Yeah, Fellowship. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who's at the front door of your heart? Be aware. He's right there. He's right there. He's not going to force him his way in. All he's saying is constantly be aware of my presence. Be aware of my presence. Tommy, come here a second. You know, when you, when you pray for someone, just be aware of his presence. It's not, not you praying for someone. It's about being aware of his presence. It's being aware of 
his ability. When God says, I want you to go to speak to so-and-so. I want you to invite so-and-so to church. God's working with you. You're working with him. You have a challenging situation at the office. Lord, I don't know how to deal with that in the natural. But Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. You see, it's him working with us. No matter what gift and talent that you have, no matter what talent that you have with playing an instrument, realize that that God's playing through you. If the gift is communication, realize that God is going to communicate through you. If it's the gift of giving, God's going to give through you. If it's the gift of hospitality or service, is God working through you, working with you? It's not you trying to do it in your own and do it in yourself and do it in your own ability. Thank you, Tommy. Be aware of his presence. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Be aware of his presence. Thank you, Father. Be aware of his presence.